And I've always heard it say this way. You know, I've heard several preachers say this. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And y'all, we're busy. That's the problem we've been talking about. We're, we're so busy. We're giving away our life, our peace, our health, and, and we're giving away our time on lesser things. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to unplug from our phones, our emails, and our busyness so that we can recharge ourselves and our lives. Yes, this is a shorty episode where you get just me. We have no guests this week, but I have a lot of things that I've been thinking about and praying on. And I just feel like we need to have this conversation, you know, one-on-one to make it a little more intimate. So here's where all this is coming from. You know, we're here in the peak of summer vacation and I thought we could all just take an episode to check in on everybody out there and how are your vacations going? Are you taking those vacations or those holidays? Are you taking time off work to unplug, to, you know, really put away the work, put away the emails and just be, be with your family, be out in nature, be somewhere where you can just enjoy the present and not have to think about what's next, you know? And it could just be maybe you're having a staycation, right? That's healthy on the budget. Maybe you're staying home, but are you taking a break from chauffeuring your kids from place to place? You know, a staycation, you got to do that too. You got to unplug from everything if you're really going to have that staycation. So the reason I'm asking this, that if you're taking time to unplug, is I'm noticing something. Um, I've been on vacation um, and I'm, you know, now I've been back. We had a great time, but I also love to observe people. So yes, I'm a people watcher. So whether we're at Walmart watching the people of Walmart or sitting in a restaurant or sitting in an airport, I love to watch people and kind of what they're doing. How are they engaging with their environment around them or the people around them? And I've noticed something over the past couple of years, and it's really starting to bother me. And I have to watch it for myself too, because it's so addictive. But people are just looking at their cell phones. They're not looking at the people they're with. They're not looking at their surroundings. They're constantly engaged with that cell phone. And being on vacation, we just got back from Hawaii. Now, for those of you listening, this is our first big trip ever like this. It was our son's senior trip, so we did it big. Usually we do staycations or we like go to the lake, um, so little smaller ones. But even in the beautiful place of Hawaii, sitting on the beach, people are on their laptops and looking at their cell phones, and I am just amazed. I'm amazed at how plugged in we are. And now we even use that term being plugged in. Plugged in can be a good thing, right? That means you're in the know but sometimes you got to unplug. You got to put the device down, whatever that device is, to be present, present with the people, present with the surroundings that you're in. And I really feel like people are beginning to look like zombies. They even say that like people are starting to get humps on their back from always looking down at the device. And before you know, it, we're going to be a bunch of hunchbacks or a bunch of zombies that just stare at these glowing boxes, or maybe we look like those bugs. If you live in the country, we have those bugs that light up, you know, that draws the bugs in to like shock them. That's kind of what we're looking like nowadays. And I really feel like we, or society just in general, we're trying to be like that energizer bunny. So we just keep going and going and going, but here's the problem. We're humans. We're not machines with batteries. You know, even if we could work like a machine, 
even our machines need a change of batteries or they need to be turned off once in a while. You know, when your computer's lagging, what's the very first thing you do? If you even look it up on Google, restart your machine, right? Restart your phone, restart your computer. You've got to unplug it. You know, for those of you that have a modem to give you that lovely internet and Wi-Fi that we all need, if it starts acting up, the very first thing they say is, hey, unplug it. Or they may even tell you to do a hard reset. That means you unplug it and then you like make sure it's completely drained of whatever juice was in there so that it can be reset. And I really think that we leaders, we're, we're go-getters, right? I know you out there listening, you're listening to this podcast, number one, you're growing in your leadership. So you are a go-getter. You're a high achiever. You are amazing. You're a hustler, right? You're a hustler, baby but you're starting to lose a skill. And well, honestly, I don't want to call it a skill. I actually want to call it an art. We're losing the art of slowing down, of being fully present and being restful, like finding that true rest. So hear me out. I know, I know you sleep every night and we call that rest, but you're not really resting. You know, even when we're not technically working, we're all usually busy like we're working, like number one, we do work all the time, right? All of our work hours have completely bled over into our family lives or our private time or with the time with our friends. So we have very busy schedules. And when we do have, you know, a moment of thought or reflection and our phone is down, what do we do? We pick it up and we Google something. Ooh, I just thought of this. I want to Google it and, and read all about it. Have you ever, or I want to know if you're guilty of this. Have you ever watched a movie and then picked up your phone <laughs> And then you start researching the facts about the movie, maybe the history of the movie or the cast of the movie. Our brains are really starting to just like, as soon as we have a thought, we pick up that phone because we want to know we're looking it up and we're doing multiple things and we're not truly present, like enjoying the movie, you know, or maybe we get sucked into social media. We are so used to clicking on that little icon. We don't even realize we're doing it. But you click on the little icon and then you watch a funny video and then we get that little hit of dopamine and then we watch another video and then another video. And before you know it, like so much time has gone by. So I want you to do something next time you're at dinner, like you're going out to eat, even if it's like at a Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell or wherever. I want you as you're sitting to literally like leave your phone in the car, put it away, don't look at it and just start watching and see how many people are looking at their phones and not talking to each other. It's amazing. You know, we are trained again to just tap that little email icon just once. I'm just going to glance at it or tap that social media icon. Maybe while we're, you know, waiting for an appetizer at dinner or, you know, we're in the checkout line at the grocery store, right? We just lean over our buggy or our cart and we just, just leisurely scroll. But logical reasoning really should tell us that one quick look at an email or Google or social media is going to send us down a rabbit hole. Sometimes for minutes that we don't have, or sometimes for hours, you know, just like Alice in Wonderland, if you've ever read the story or, you know, seen the cartoon or the movie or whatever, you know, she wanders down the white rabbit's hole and she finds a whole new world and she's just so enamored by it. And she stays there for a long time. And that's kind of what happens to us. We click on that app and it just takes us to a whole new world. We chase after something that caught our attention. It could be the title of an email and then our mind just goes and then we have to read it, right? You can't truly just glance at it. Or we watch that one video, like I said, and then before you know it, you get lost and give up hours. 
I really think TikTok, the app TikTok is very well named <laughs> because you can't go in for just a quick laugh or a short video like you want. It's, you know, before you know it, you're laughing, but then TikTok, 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 like you come out hours later, not realizing how much of your life you've just traded down for the visual stimulation of those creative videos. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not bashing social media or the efficiency of being able to check your email on your phone. Both are great technological platforms for spreading information and ideas. But here's a big but. <laughs> I like big buts and I cannot lie, all right? But as our addiction to our phones and our idea of constantly hustling or grinding causing us harm? I think so. I see it in myself. I see it in my own family, my children. I am fighting an uphill battle with those phones and kids. And I really see it in my coworkers. I see it in just, again, strangers that I'm watching. I think our brains are becoming addicted to those, you know, hits of dopamine from the notifications and the scrolling and having to have constant access to information. Again, there's nothing wrong with, if you're thinking about something, you're like, ooh, I'd like to research that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with social media. There's nothing wrong with work email on your phone, but it's not just tiny little bits. It's becoming greater than that. And if you've ever seen the documentary, it's on, on Netflix, it's called Social Dilemma. You know, it literally says that our brainstems are being hacked with algorithms you know, uh, how we get those notifications and how we get those hits of dopamine and their hackiness. Oh, she liked this. Maybe she'll like more of that. And they start feeding us things that we like and we kind of get sucked into that rabbit hole. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about or is it just me and I'm the only one that's kind of fighting this battle. And I want to remind you on this podcast, I don't have all the answers. I am there with you. And this is a struggle that I'm constantly battling to stay present and put away the phone. You know, our brains are so busy being stimulated all the time that they're not resting. I see it in my kids. You know, I had a kid that just graduated high school. I have one that's coming into. And so I am in the throes of teenagedom, right? <laughs> with, with my kids at home, but I see it in young adults. I, I even see it, uh, you know, in, I don't want to call them elderly. I don't want people of my parents age to be offended, but older people, they are all about that Facebook, you know? So for this shorty episode, I thought I'd discuss, you know, how can we unplug? How can we unplug ourselves and learn how to truly find rest so that, you know, like our lagging computers, we can be rebooted with a fresh energy and a fresh mind so that we can better live our lives. And that's what I want for us, right? This podcast is all about, you know, the professional life and leadership, but also the personal. And I want you to live a better life. I want me to live a better life. And sometimes we have to unplug to do that. And it is not wasted on me that you're actually on probably your phone or your computer listening to this at this moment. But when this podcast is done, just make a promise. You'll shut it off and unplug for a few minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. What I want you to think about now, you know, you've heard me say this before on the podcast. I love puzzles. I really do like working those puzzles and I love, you know, finding those pieces that fit together, you know, but one thing I've noticed is I work so hard in a puzzle. If you've ever done any kind of game, you know, you develop a strategy, maybe you separate the pieces by color, or you look at every puzzle piece carefully and analyze the shape and color shading or whatever. And then you get so frustrated that you can't find a piece, but then you like walk away into the kitchen and get a drink 
And then you come back and you're like, boom, it's right there. Well, it was right there the whole time, but why didn't you see it? Well, you didn't see it because you're so wound up in the details and overanalyzing, overthinking that you're so busy with your mind that your mind gets worn out and doesn't see things properly sometimes. By taking that break, by walking into the kitchen and taking that break, you get a little refresh, you get a little boost of energy, that recharge, and then you come in and your brain is you know, sharper. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, there's the piece. You know, and just like a puzzle, I'm sure you're working on some really big problems. Maybe it's at work, maybe it's at home, maybe it's with relationships. Those are like the biggest kinds of problems that we work on. But sometimes whenever you're too close and you're always wrapped up in the details of it, and you get sucked in the holes of just always looking at it, thinking about it or whatever, it wears your brain out and you're cloudy. And so you need to learn how to unplug, how to step back, how to walk away so that you can be refreshed and find that rest so that you can see clearly. So that's really what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about kind of five ways that we can unplug so that we can be refreshed and really find that rest. And it I know I talk about rest and you're like, well, I sleep every night, but do you get good rest? You know, rest is letting your mind just kind of relax. Your breathing kind of opens up your body relaxes. Looking at your phone on social media is not necessarily rest. That's like numbing yourself. It's checking out, but it's not really resting your body. So I want to go through, how do you find rest? And we know that we need to unplug to find rest. Well, Merriam-Webster Dictionary has four definitions of rest. Number one, it's to repose or sleep. Number two is freedom from activity or labor. Number three is peace of mind or spirit. And number four is free of anxieties. Now, I'm going to read those again because who doesn't want those things? Who doesn't want this kind of rest? One, just good sleep. Two, freedom from activity or labor. Three, peace of mind or spirit. And four, free of anxieties. With rest, we are sharper and therefore more productive, you know, when we go back to work. So let me explain this correlation a different way. Y'all know I'm from the country and my parents, they didn't have central heat and air. And so chopping wood, you know, cutting wood was very, very important. And so it never fails when you go out there to, you know, whether it's a chainsaw or an ax or whatever, if you don't sharpen that tool first, it's going to make your job so much harder. Ask anyone, you can ask my dad, ask anyone who's ever used a dull chainsaw to cut down a tree, what that experience is like. A dull tool is very frustrating. It takes longer and it's less productive. Now I'm not calling you and I tools. But if we are dull, if we're not sharp, our jobs, our problems that we're trying to solve are going to take longer and it's going to be more frustrating and we're going to be more stressed and we're going to be less productive. So we have to sharpen ourselves, our mind and our body with rest. And that's how we're going to do it. So I'm going to go over five ways to unplug and find rest. Now, these are not the ultimate five ways. This is just me coming off a vacation saying, wow, I really feel rested. I did not hardly look at my phone. I definitely didn't work. And then as I'm just kind of reflecting on how wonderful my vacation was, I'm like, wow, here, we need to rest more. Here are some things that we can do to do that. Here's what I, how I found rest. Number one, 
we have such internal turmoil. We have inner conflicts constantly going and eating at us, whether it's from childhood trauma or a conflict that we have, but that eats at us. And if we don't find ultimate rest in our relationship with God and our identity of who he says we are, then you're never going to feel that peace definition. And I've always heard it say this way. You know, I've heard several preachers say this. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And y'all, we're busy. That's the problem we've been talking about. We're, we're so busy. We're giving away our life, our peace, our health, and, and we're giving away our time on lesser things. But in the Bible, and I really want you to know this, in the Bible, God makes rest a priority. He talks a lot about rest, you know, and he even sets the example himself, you know, in creation on the seventh day, he rested, God rested. In the Old Testament, he established the Sabbath day as a day of rest. You know, David, uh, King David, you know, shepherd warrior, the guy that killed Goliath, right? He was an imperfect man after God's own heart. He knew that God wanted him to rest. He wrote Psalm 23, right? Uh, You know, he wants to rest. And of course, then you have Jesus in the New Testament. He reminds us (laughs) that the ultimate answer is to rest in him. And again, I I want you to remember, rest means sleep, freedom from activity or labor, peace of mind or spirit, and free from anxieties. And who doesn't want that? So again, God modeled it in Genesis when he rested. David experiences it. In Psalm 127, he said, it is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. David knows that God gives you rest. We got to take it. Now, Jesus reminds us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And boy, y'all out there, y'all are laboring and you are heavy laden. But he reminds us, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of carrying the heavy load of trying to fit in the world's view of productivity and success you know, it's left me with great stress and burnout. I want Jesus's kind of rest for my soul. So when I'm feeling stirred up with busyness and anxiety and stress, I remind myself that I don't have to continue to live this way. I have a choice, right? We say that a lot on this podcast. We have a choice. And so take a Sabbath, go to the Lord in prayer about your situation. You should always do that. Pray first. You know, God may not remove the thorn from your side, whatever's causing that stress or that anxious feeling or all that work, but he can change you from the inside out where your relationship with him grows deeper and he is glorified in you on how you're choosing to act in whatever hard situation or hardship you're going through. And for any relationship to grow stronger, remember you have to invest time. So take time. So step one, really step one of how to unplug and find ultimate rest is to go to God, find ultimate rest in God. Now, number two, to unplug, step away from the activity. Again, remind yourself that you have a choice. You don't have to stay in the chaos constantly. Choose to step away from the activity and don't feel guilty about it either. You need to remove the constant stimulus so that your body and mind can recover. 
you are in the absolute throes of chaos, busyness, uh, everyone and everything is pressing down on you right there in that moment. Your heart is racing, your head is pounding, you're very agitated, and you really feel like breaking down, like it's coming. I'm going to cry or I'm going to punch somebody in the throat. I don't know which is going to happen first. Well, your body and your mind are sending you very strong signals that it's time to step away from that activity. All right. Whatever that is, whatever that stimulus is. So take five minutes to step away from the computer, five minutes to step away from the phone, step away from the children, step away from the coworkers, the team, the meeting, step away. Those five minutes, you can, you know, pray to God, uh, ask him about it. You can, you know, really say your thoughts out loud to get them out of your head. But the number one thing is do not pull out that phone. That is not stepping away from the situation. You have to step away from stimulus, step out, pray, cry, breathe, take deep breaths, walk a little bit. So there's one way. Now let's talk about a long-term situation. So let's say that you have a lot of stress and a little, you know, a little five minute break may help you in the moment, but it's not helping you in the long run, right? You need more time to rest and recover. Maybe you need a day or days. Number one, use your weekend. Use your weekend. We work too much on the weekends. We, you know, shove everything family life related into the weekend, or we're even working on the weekends. That's whenever we'll do the projects, you know, and and I know you feel me on this. You spend so much of your work day, your work week in meetings that the real work is done after the work day. Yeah, we got to stop that kind of culture. So use your weekends to unplug. And if you need to take a mental health day, do it and put it away. If you need to take a vacation, do it, but put everything away. That means, yes, do a little prep work, get people to cover your things, you know, whatever meetings you have to attend or whatever, but step away, put away the phone, put away the email, put away the thoughts about work and truly unplug. That is the answer to the long-term stressful situation. Now, on a side note, I hope that that long-term stressful situation actually gets solved (laughs) Because nobody can live like that forever. But just know we all go through seasons of stressful situations and the season won't last forever. Just like right now, we're in summer. It's hot, but it's not going to last forever. All right, number three, I want you to learn to say no and have a caveat here. Learn to say no without feeling guilty. We get a lot of requests from a lot of people. And we feel this pressure to be a people pleaser. You know, maybe not everybody has that bone of people pleasing in them, but we still feel the pressure of doing what we would call the right thing. But last time I checked, asking, you know, someone asking you to do something is not a a test of morality. It's just, hey, do you want to be involved in this or not? So it's okay to say no, because if you do things out of obligation, it's going to steal the joy of doing the thing in the first place. But if you say yes with a giving heart, you're going to have so much more joy in that activity. So say no without feeling guilty. You know, don't make your decisions based on guilt, on fear, you know, just because you want to look good in front of people. Maybe that's your driving force, or maybe it's fear of how others are going to react in it, you know, because of your decision. Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend in their book, Boundaries, they make it very clear that, and I'm going to quote them here, we are responsible to others and for ourselves, but we need to realize that we are in control of our choices, no matter how we feel. Making decisions based on others' approval or on guilt 
breeds resentment, a product of our sinful nature. So we have been so trained by others on what we should do that we think we're being loving when we do things out of compulsion. So what they're really saying is we say yes too much and we do it out of compulsion. We do it out of, well, I feel like I'm being loving or I would be a bad person if I said no. It's okay. It's okay to say no. That's one way to unplug. That's our third way to unplug is say no. Don't do things because you want to please other people. Do things because you truly want to, and then you'll find joy in them. Number four. Now, this one is to unplug, and that is literal advice. (laughs) Unplug literally. Put the electronics away. Put them away and, and just rest. Rest your mind. Rest your thoughts. Get lost in your thoughts even. You know, a lot of us say, well, I rest at night, but really what we do is we scroll on our phones. Y'all, phones in the bedroom is the worst thing for your sleep. There's a lot of data coming out about that. Get the phones out of the bedroom. You know, a lot of us will binge watch something or be on social media and it's robbing us. And then that and the light, it it messes with our uh, production of melatonin. So get the phones out of the bedrooms. You've got to unplug. Again, social media, Netflix, work email apps, those aren't bad, but we're becoming conditioned. You know, Pavlov and psychology, we're becoming conditioned to just tap it all the time. If you go into your settings, I bet you could find your screen time, how many times you even pick up your phone a day. It's amazing. If you just go and kind of watch yourself, your hours, what apps you're in for how long, how many times you pick up your phone and all the notifications, it's a lot. When we're engrossed on social media or game apps or binge-worthy shows, we are truly not in a restful state. Our minds are still processing information at rapid speeds. And before you know it, again, hours have passed. We're not present with those around us. And we're actually more stressed. So find a few hours of the day to put your phone away. I love to put it you know, in the office or somewhere completely different, a different room. So I'm not just you know going by and touching them and looking at things. So that's number four unplug, literally unplug from the devices. And number five, you're not gonna be shocked at this, get quality sleep. The number one definition of rest is to sleep. Now, according to the CDC, adults need at least seven or more hours of sleep a night and teenagers need more than that. But if you wake up at 5 a.m., then you need to be in bed asleep by 10 p.m., right? You know, wrong. Here's what happens. You go to bed at 10 p.m. You should be asleep by 10 p.m., but then you need to prepare for bed. You got to brush your teeth. You got to wash your face. And, you know, you just want to scroll on your uh, uh, phone for just a little bit. So even though you may say to yourself that you go to bed at 10, you actually don't go to bed at 10. So set a bedtime, but then set 30 minutes earlier to prep for bed and put the phone away, build in time to brush your teeth so that you can actually rest. Quality matters. When it comes to sleep, quality matters. You know, that REM cycle. I don't know if you have like a Fitbit or one of those watches. It'll tell you about your sleep. So make sure you, you know, start developing some rituals, you know, setting that actual bedtime, maybe drinking some herbal tea journal. Oh, this is one of my favorites journal. Those thoughts, all those thoughts that are swirling in your head that wake you up at night, all those problems at work or with family or relationships that wake you up, journal them down before you go to bed, get them out of your head so that when you lay your head down, you actually sleep. Now, one of our go-tos in my household is we read. (laughs) I love that routine. You know, it makes me smarter, 
but I read about 15, 20 minutes every night. And then I just literally crash, you know, words put me to sleep. I love it. All right, leaders out there, I know you're working hard and you're working all the time, but remember that you are not a machine. You have to unplug. You have to focus on rebooting, restarting something to re-energize yourself. And that comes with rest. Unplug so that you can find rest because you're really not just human. You're actually made up of three parts, flesh, soul, and spirit. The flesh is simply our physical desires for safety, nourishment, or things of pleasure. The soul is our inner uh, emotional desires for things like love, affirmation, or validation and the like. And our spirit is our innermost being that desires to connect with God, our creator. Y'all, and we have lost the art of how to rest our whole being. And rest is the recharging of our internal batteries that allow us to be energized and present as we live our lives to the fullest. Now, I want to share something with you from Josh Becker in his book on minimalism. He says, quote, often we spend our time and energy chasing things that are physical in nature. We are created to live for pursuits greater than comfort, luxury, and competition. We were created to trade our lives up, not down. Now, I know I already said this, but it bears repeating. Before our lives got busy with things of technology, sports programs on steroids, and working extra hours to pay for the stuff we don't really need, the majority of society took a Sabbath. Time to rest from the physical labor, time to connect with family, and time to connect with God. So as you go about your busy lives, take back your life by trading up, not down. Be intentional in taking time to truly unplug, to find rest for your flesh, soul, and spirit. You'll be amazed at how you feel a renewal of energy and a renewal of peace so that you can go about your life living it to the fullest. Until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.